0: Hello everyone, and welcome back to Clocked In with the Press, hosted at Altman Studios here in Brentwood, California. We are here to speak some truth and spill some tea so that you, our listeners, are both informed and entertained. Not everything stated in this podcast is supported by or reflects the beliefs of the press. If there's something you have to say about our episode, make sure to let us know on our Twitter and Instagram at press Clocked In, or on our Facebook at ThePress.net. This is your host, Caitlin Gleason, Clocking In. So for the story of the day, we are talking about local elderly care and community growth. One such company that is helpful with this is Mobility Matters. So a local business named Mobility Matters grants access to regular and emergency driving services to disabled vets or elderly here in Contra Costa County. They have served over 57,000 rides and have over 200 volunteers. However, before we expand too much on their story, let's go over the top stories of the week. Oakley leaders recently launched the process to change how future city council members will be selected. The switch will replace the current at-large election process with a system in which council members are elected by a district that each would represent. The change is in response to threats of a lawsuit from a Southern California-based attorney alleging that Oakley's current voting system violates the California Voting Rights Act by fostering an arrangement that dilutes the Latino vote. The council recently held the first of several planned public meetings to carry out the process of dividing the city's election map into four or five council approved areas with future candidates elected by and representing the districts in which they live. The council hasn't decided if the fifth council seat will be reserved for an at-large elected mayor or a fifth district based council member, which would relegate the mayor position to a rotation of council members. Regardless, current council members will serve out their terms, meaning Mayor Sue Higgins and Vice Mayor Randy Pope will be in office until at least 2022, with council members Aaron Meadows, George Fuller, and Williams retaining their seats until at least 2024. Karen McDonald, and principal consultant at Q2 Data and Research, who is guiding the city's transition process, says it's imperative that Oakley residents get involved in helping the council shape its future districts. Next up, an 18-year-old Pittsburgh woman and a 16-year-old Oakley boy were killed Saturday night after being struck by an alleged drunken driver on Byron Highway. The alleged drunken driver, an 18-year-old Knights and Man driving a 2002 Subaru Impreza, is believed to have struck the pair around 11.15 p.m. according to a release from the California Highway Patrol. Both were pronounced dead on the scene and their identities were not immediately released. According to the ECCFPD, fpd they were attending a nearby party prior to the incident. The unidentified 18-year-old Subaru driver was booked into Martinez' detention facility on suspicion of felony driving under the influence and gross vehicular manslaughter. One East Contra Costa Fire Protection District firefighter was hospitalized with minor injuries after the water tender he was driving en route to a vegetation fire overturned on West Cypress Road in Oakley around 1.30 p.m. on Tuesday, September 7th. Steve Aubert, the fire marshal with East Contra Costa Fire Protection District, said the solo unidentified firefighter in the rig at the time of the incident suffered minor injuries and was transported by ambulance to John Muir Medical Center in Walnut Creek for further evaluation. He is expected, however, to make a full recovery. Last up, the Contra Costa Mosquito and Vector Control District has confirmed one dead bird and additional mosquitoes have tested positive for West Nile virus in East County. The dead bird, a California scrub jay, was picked up in Brentwood, while the mosquitoes were collected from a trap in Discovery Bay. The findings mean that one dead bird in five groups of mosquitoes have now tested positive for West Nile virus so far this year in Contra Costa County. There have been 73 human West Nile virus diagnoses in Contra Costa County since 2005. Two people died from the disease in 2006. To reduce the risk of transmission of West Nile virus, the district recommends Contra Costa County residents to report dead birds as they are often the first sign of a West Nile virus outbreak in a particular location. Those were the weekly top stories. Let's get back to the main topic of the day. Here to speak with me is the volunteer coordinator of Mobility Matters, David Benet. Hi, David.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for coming in. So how long have you been working with Mobility Matters?
1: Since 2018, so about three years.
0: Okay, and so what are your specific duties within the organization?
1: Well, I am the volunteer recruiter mm-hmm. and volunteer coordinator. Uh, we wear many hats at our job. We're mm. a small nonprofit, but my main job is recruiting new volunteers, getting them trained, trained on how to uh, do escorted one to one door through door rides. Mm. Uh, it also means being active on social media, like right.
0: <laughs> like me. <laughs> like,
1: you know, we're not all into Twitter, but we have our Facebook and and our uh, LinkedIn account. Uh, but it also means going to meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm in several chambers, Kiwanis, Rotary. Uh, anything that I can speak at and get the word speak at and get the word out, mm-hmm. that's where I am. Uh, so I'll go to festivals. Uh, there's not really any festival's going on right but now. you would go or, to festivals. Yeah, I would go to festivals, senior fairs, any city like event uh, that allow me to have a booth, I'd be at that. And it also means being very active on Zoom. So. <laughs>
0: okay, so it's a lot of outreach that you do. Yes,
1: a lot of outreach and a lot of training.
0: Okay, so how long, how long does it really take for volunteers to get trained?
1: Well, once they get all the paperwork, which honestly, you can get the paperwork to me and you know, a day, mm-hmm. <laughs> the paperwork's not that hard, uh, filling out the application, but the training class, we've now, uh, decided to turn it over to zoom training mm-hmm. and the zoom training takes three hours. It's a okay. three hour class. And we go over every single safety procedure you could possibly think of and our procedures. And just uh, the main concern is safety, safety mm-hmm. for the volunteers, safety for the seniors, safety for our veterans. That's the, our main concern.
0: Okay. And so, how long has Mobility Matters been in operation?
1: Well, we actually started back in the uh, seventies as (laughs) as a senior help uh, helpline, Mm -hmm. and then people were calling us and saying, "Oh, we need help. We need rides." Mm -hmm. So, in two thousand five, we gave over our senior helpline. Uh, We told people to call two one one instead of calling us, and we started our rides program. So in 2005 is when we started our mobility matters became actual Mm
0: -hmm. mobility
1: matters as it is today. And that's when we started doing our rides program.
0: Okay. And so, you know, you, since you guys have been in operation for a really long time, um, how many people has your organization helped either this year, um, and, or in total?
1: uh, I'd say about 4,800-ish mm-hmm. this year. Oh, wow. And that's – trip. well, I'm – okay. <laughs> so we've taken 4,800 trips. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, since 2005, we've helped over uh, 1,200 people. Mm-hmm. So this year, I don't know exactly how many. Usually we have about uh, – currently I think we have about 400 clients that we take care of and get them to medical appointments, mm-hmm. taking grocery shopping, stuff like that.
0: Okay. And so, you know, talking about clients, what type of people are the main ones that your organization kind of works with?
1: We mostly work with seniors and veterans, Mm -hmm. those who needed escorted door-through-door assistance. Uh, These are people who cannot take taxis, cannot take Ubers, uh, someone that will take them up to their medical appointment. So just like if you have your own grandparent or father or Uh, that needs a ride you pick them up their door you get them into the car Mm -hmm. you take them to the medical appointment or take them grocery shopping you wait for them to get done then you take them back home get them through the door Uh, we once had uh, went to a tech conference and this tech guy's like oh yeah well driverless cars you guys are going to be out of business (laughs) and we looked at the tech guy and we're like okay so if a driverless car goes, how does our client get from the door to the car? Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, "Oh, yeah, that's not going to work." I'm like, "Let me know when you get the robot that will actually go up to the door." <laughs> yeah, and like, then <laughs>
0: like that robot that can do all of the yeah. gymnastics tricks. That's the yeah, that's the next get the one. <laughs> senior
1: help, help the senior in the car. Then then we'll talk.
0: All right. <laughs> um, and so, uh, do clients have the same driver assigned to them? Like once they're registered with the organization. Or um, kind of is it different? So how does that process really look?
1: So clients sometimes have the same driver. Sometimes they don't. It's We leave it up to the volunteers. Now, we have some volunteers. I have a couple in my mind right now that take the same person every single week. And they, like sandy and jenny they they've go every for past five years they've mm-hmm. taken each other or they go with each other they build a relationship mm-hmm. and they're kind of they're friends now you know um but we leave it up to the volunteers. some of our volunteers don't necessarily want to get attached, so they take a different person every single week so it's not really the client's request it's the volunteers request and we have some uh veterans that just want to take veterans mm. uh, and we have one person that comes up and uh, this guy named Harvey and people are just like, Oh, I want to take Harvey. I want to take Harvey. And, <laughs> and so the, we have some volunteers that fight over certain people because they want to take these people because they're, they're fun. They have a life story, you know?
0: Mm, okay. Okay. So it's like, there's the chance for relationship building, but then also there's uh, almost like a taxi service, but like not.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and so like with this talking about like how your volunteers work and all of that, Uh, what are the standards almost for qualification for your service, either for volunteers but also for your clients?
1: So I'll start with clients first. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have to be seniors 60 and above that need escorted door-through-door assistance or veterans any age as long as they've been honorably discharged. And this means they can't take any other form of transportation. If Mm -hmm. they can actually take a taxi or an Uber, physically able to take one, then that means they're not in our program because Got they it. can physically take a taxi or neighbor. So they don't need our help. We only have about 200 volunteers. So we can't just take every single person right. <laughs> just because they want to ride. We're focused on the people who need escorted rides. And for volunteers, uh, we always need more volunteers. Uh, the volunteers need to be 25 to 75 years old, be able to pass a background check. Um, and they have to have. Clean driving record, of mm. course, <laughs> uh, and they have to take a training class.
0: Okay, okay, okay. And so, uh, with this, where you know it's a specific, you know, kind of like person that needs to be that needs the service is the one that qualifies for it. Will their medical insurance pay for this service, or is it out of pocket? Neither. Ah.
1: So we're a nonprofit. Mm. Our clients do not pay for our service.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, we have volunteer drivers. Uh, we love our volunteer drivers. We'd be nothing without our volunteer drivers. Uh, but they don't pay anything for this. Uh, people, we get a lot of grants. We get a, people fund us, uh, individual donors, uh, service clubs like Rotary and Qantas. They, they will put in money for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of government funding for our program. Uh, Because we provide a service that the government does not provide. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And these people need to get to their medical appointments or else they cannot live on their own. We're all about people aging in place. And to put that out there, we are a 501c3. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) if anyone ever wants to think about donating to us, we'll gladly accept that. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um. So kind of on that note and kind of shifting it a little bit, Um, in your experience, has there been an increase or a decrease in the need for volunteers and the needs of elderly in this local area? Increase. Increase.
1: Increase, increase, increase. Uh, basically by 2060, I believe our elderly population in Contra Costa will almost double. Mm -hmm. So we are becoming an older population in Contra Costa County Mm -hmm. and, we try to uh, keep a two to one ratio. So for every two clients we have, we need one volunteer. Mm-hmm. And because there's such a bigger need and increase in elderly people and veterans in this area, uh, we're always needing more uh, volunteers for this program.
0: Okay. Okay. And so with that two to two to one ratio, are you saying that one volunteer can take two clients at the same time, or is that just the general ratio that you like?
1: No, this is all one-to-one. So it's one person giving one other person a ride. But not every – out of our 400 clients that we have right now, we have about 200 volunteers, uh, not everyone takes a ride every single week. Right. So we have a list that we put out, and every week there's probably about 100 rides. Mm. So with 200 volunteers – usually we can maintain that because we have 400 clients and we send out a list every week to our volunteers and we say, here's the rides for next week. Mm. And then our volunteers respond back and say, yes, I can take this or I can't.
0: Okay. So it all kind of just like was, is able to work out that way. Yeah. Okay. And so um, on this, you know, since there is a pandemic happening right now um, how has your organization handled the pandemic situation?
1: Well, as every business, we are adapting (laughs) right? Uh, and always adapting to this. Uh, We had to first actually, we stopped giving Mm -hmm. rides for about two months Uh, during this, during the lockdown. uh, We weren't sure what we were going to do. And I mean, it was heartbreaking. Uh, We started calling every single one of our clients every single week for that two months. Mm -hmm. So 400 clients got a call from us every single week just to be like, hey, how are you doing? What are your, what are your real needs? What are your concerns? Mm -hmm. And we're trying to figure out ways to help them and nothing was really running. Um, my heart kind of broke. There's this guy, we, sometimes we do temporary clients Mm -hmm. that just need a one day medical procedure where they get put under so they can't drive themselves. Mm -hmm. And one of our clients basically needed a spinal injection and, I told him, well, you can get healthcare services, but it's like $50 an hour to get someone from healthcare to go there
0: mm-hmm.
1: and take them for three hours for a procedure. And he's like, I can't afford that. And I'm like, and we couldn't help him uh, at that time. And he went on his own to get a spinal injection. He drove himself and he did it without anesthesia. Oh. And I felt so bad that we couldn't take him at that time. Uh, then about 2 months after when the lockdown happened that basically the county said you guys need to keep going you got we they need your help so you guys are essential and i called him back up and said if you ever need this again we're we're back up and running and he was so thankful to us mm-hmm. even though we didn't weren't able he's like next time you're definitely giving us a call um, people still need to get their eye injections. If you have like macular degeneration in your mm-hmm. eye, you can go blind if you don't get eye injections every month or two. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. So like it's almost like everything stopped in the pandemic, except for elderly people that really needed medical care. That 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 medical need never stopped.
1: That never stopped. Uh, but we did lose about half of our volunteers during. Mm-hmm. Uh, not due to illness, but because a lot of them were seniors themselves, and they had underlying conditions, and they didn't feel safe driving. Mm-hmm. So about half of our volunteers stopped. Uh, but I did get a lot of new volunteers come in, uh, especially when we started our grocery program. So we started uh, going out and buying groceries for our seniors instead of taking them to the grocery store. Right,
0: because they were at risk.
1: Yes, and this is before vaccine you know before all that so we started a grocery shopping program where we would go and pay for their groceries and then the clients would pay us back and we'd do contactless we'd drop it off their door and i had a lot of volunteers that said oh i can go grocery shopping for people Mm. so they came in and did that for us um that program we've actually just stopped because uh, I am happy to say we got 90, I think 99% of our seniors are vaccinated right now.
0: Oh, wow.
1: We did a huge program. <laughs> Getting vaccinated was hard for seniors, considering 85% of our seniors don't have email addresses. So Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, just trying to like get an appointment for them. So we mm. wound up using our own email addresses and setting up the appointment, then taking them to get the vaccine shot and most of our seniors was like, yes, I want to get it. There are a few that, that just weren't physically able to get it Mm. due to medical uh, conditions. But 99% of our seniors are now vaccinated because we went out and actually got them vaccinated, set up their appointments. um, And we actually stopped the grocery program. Now we're, we're taking seniors back to the grocery store because uh, the seniors have told us, we want to go back. This mm-hmm. is this is usually their one outing where they actually get out and see the world and interact with people. And they're right. like, I, "I want to go back grocery shopping. <laughs> I want to like see people and get out of my house. I'm vaccinated. Let me out." Yeah. So we've restarted our regular shopping program, which is taking people to the store and shopping with them. Uh, we also had to change our training. Mm. Uh, so we used to have people come to our office, and our home office is in Lafayette, and people would come for our three-hour training class, and now we do it all over Zoom. So it's a Zoom training class, mm-hmm. and in our training, we have a number of new great COVID procedures that I have to tell people about. Uh, everyone has to wear masks, even mm-hmm. in the car, vaccinated or not, Uh <laughs> And we have a sanitation kits that we give all of our volunteers with N95 masks and hand sanitizer. And, yeah, I can go on about the cover procedures, mm-hmm. but we changed a lot of that uh, because of the pandemic. And, you know, just like every company, we're just adapting mm-hmm. and going with the flow and trying to figure out how to make everything work.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean i know like the on the the grocery thing that kind of feels relatable because during you know lockdown when the only place everybody could go was the grocery store um my grandmother and i would i would go with her and we both just dressed to the nines (laughs) to go to the grocery store because that was the only place that i wasn't wearing joggers um was the grocery (laughs) store um but no and so you know aside uh from the pandemic Though, uh, what are some of the usual challenges that you think Mobility Matters deals with when it comes to your service, you know, like aside from all the things that have happened in the past year and a half? (laughs)
1: Well, always the biggest issues is funding. And for me, it's volunteers, Mm -hmm. getting new volunteers. It's really hard to do, especially when a majority of the time I'd get volunteers by going out and meeting with the public like at events or at chambers. And now everything's kind of virtual and you don't always get the same type of of volunteers virtually. Mm -hmm. It's harder, it's harder to connect with two volunteers because these volunteers are being selfless and putting themselves out there. And it's hard to really make that personal connection for them to become volunteers uh, online. Now, we do get a lot of volunteers online. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very thankful for Zoom. I'm very thankful for um, social media that did help us. And actually, in California, we had uh, Californians for All. Galvin Newsom came out with that. That was just wonderful. It helped mm-hmm. us recruit volunteers. A uh, big push. Uh, I got a lot of volunteers from. Uh, galvin newsom's california for all mandate mm. with the volunteering so yeah uh, but that's the biggest issue is not being out in front of people and saying hey and i will be actually this week going to my first festival again uh concord the city of concord has a market in the music music and market mm. uh festival or little town gathering so i'll be out there this uh, thursday evening listening to music and hopefully getting some volunteers
0: okay that's really awesome like you're kind of getting that personal interaction kind of back that is really key to getting people to participate yeah Um, okay and so on a more positive note now um, what are some new programs or initiatives that mobility matters is undertaking at the moment
1: well, I if one of the fun ones for me is we partnered with the Boys Team Charity in Lafayette, and now we're sending 100 birthday cards to our clients that are turning 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And we have a little fun fact about every single year that they've been alive. So we put them in a box because you don't want 100-year-olds opening up 100 envelopes. Mm. <laughs> so we put them in a wrap box, and then they get a open up a box and has a 100 cards for every single year they've been alive. So that's a fun little project that we started. Uh, We also have an emergency service program. Uh, After the campfire, we Mm. realized uh, our elderly population is in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. Uh, 85% of the people who died in the campfire were over the age 65. Mm. And we went to a few meetings about that. And there was a man talking about his neighbors he said my 82 year old neighbors died during this fire and i'm just he was heartbroken he was crying Mm. he's like i had 10 minutes i could have stopped by and picked them up i thought they had already left Mm. and because of that we have our own program we signed all of our seniors up for this program we gave them an emergency packet with a help me sign so they can put it in their window We also said if there's ever a fire or anything like that, we're calling our seniors in that affected evacuation area, and we say, are you okay? Mm
0: -hmm. If you're not
1: okay, do you need help out? And then we'll go out and get them if we can. Uh, There's a situation in Crockett. uh, We started the program, I think, in 2018, and... Uh, there's a fire in Crockett and no one could get in the police. And basically they're saying, no, you can't get in. But we have also partnered with a lot of the different uh, agencies and every city's different. Sometimes it's chief police. Sometimes it's fire. Sometimes it's the city manager who controls all this. Mm -hmm. And we called the people in Crockett and said, Hey, we have this person in this house that has no way out. Cannot drive is disabled. You need to get her safe. So that's one of our emergency programs. We also this year added an ADA van. Uh, so we have an actual van. Usually we don't take wheelchairs, but now we actually have an ADA van. We mostly take people with walkers and canes. Um, but we we now have a wheelchair availability. And I think one of the other main programs that I just started for my training purposes um, is about mental health. Mm-hmm. And during our training, it mostly focused on physical health, Mm -hmm. like what signs to look out for. And in this day and age, we need to also learn about mental health. And uh, one out of every 200 teens that try to commit suicide actually do. Mm -hmm. But with the senior population, it's one in four. Oh, wow. So... That And also veterans that we work with also have a very, very high suicide rate. And so over during this lockdown period, uh, I took a course with the crisis center, a Mm six-hour course, so I could learn on the signs to look out for. So now we have, during my training, I, I tell my volunteers, what signs to look out for. But since I can't do like a six hour training just on this, I just tell them what signs to look out for. And if they see these signs, let us know Mm. and then we'll take it from there. And because all of our volunteers are mandated reporters. So if they ever see any safety issues and mental health is a huge safety issue, absolutely, um, especially during the pandemic and the lockdown where people were very secluded Mm. and just, they didn't have the connection. And, right. th- and they really enjoyed when we called every single person for those two months. We, we called them every single week just to make sure that they're OK and they're doing mm-hmm. all right.
0: Yeah, because I, I guess like that lack of personal connection with people really like did have an impact because I remember when I was a resident assistant at uh, my alma mater uh, during the pandemic. And the biggest thing we were stressing was, you know, mental health, because we had all of these people that couldn't talk with their friends they couldn't see people they couldn't go out and we were all just kind of like stuck in our old dorms (laughs) Um, and so yeah i think that that really is something that does need a lot of emphasis and care
1: and you know it's uh, us and uh, our age group you -hmm. know we can do technology we can do zoom and the seniors just, they can't do it. They, mm-hmm. they well, some of them can, i not, I don't want to, but mm-hmm. a lot of them just don't know how to use it. I mean, 85% of the people I said are, don't have an email that we I work with.
0: Zoom is like the bane of my grandma's existence. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's just, they can't connect the way how uh, younger people can connect. And a lot of it is they want to be personal and, and see each other.
0: hmm Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, on this, you know, subject, you know, just like the whole episode subject of, you know, disability and mental health and just like the importance of the, those types of things, this brings us to a secondary topic um, that's less about the physical impairment, but still equally important and impa- impactful. And that would be the IDEA. Um, And so a report was recently released from the U.S. Department of Education um, titled the 2021 Determination Letters of State Implementation of IDEA. So the IDEA, uh, it's called the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, is basically meant to make sure that people with learning disabilities and mental disabilities um, have proper education within the state system. Um, And so this report found that only 22 states and one territory um, actually meet the requirements of this act to give proper education to people with specific disabilities um, and mental health struggles, and so these determinations are meant to help with these ongoing efforts because there are about 7.5 million children um, in with d- disabilities in the U.S. right now. So, for my personal opinion on all of this idea is that you know the importance of not just mental and physical disabilities, but more generally, you know, mental health and awareness in the public view, right, is, is so important right now, especially with the past events of the Olympics, you know, with Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka, and even Michael Phelps came forward and talked about it as well, about the way in which mental health um, affects people. And so I think it's important to talk about legislation and policies that are currently working to improve conditions and to kind of make those struggles more known. So on that note, you know, David, as a person who works with many people who have disabilities and their own mental health struggles... Um, you probably have a good understanding of how it can affect a single person's life. Um, You know, as we as a nation begin to focus more on being accommodating for individuals with disabilities, physical or mental, how would you say a person can either show more support or be more involved in this
1: effort? Well, I first have to say the easiest thing to do check up your, on your neighbors. Actually mm-hmm. go out and say hi to your neighbors. A lot of people nowadays don't even know their neighbors and they might have been living next to each mm-hmm. other. Uh, you know, check up on your neighbors. Call, Reach out to your family and friends. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone, I mean, if I were to do a call to action, reach out to a friend you haven't talked to in several months. Mm-hmm. Just to check in. Uh, that would be one of the main things. Just check in with people. I guess the other main thing that I would say to do to really reach out is volunteer with Mobility Matters. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to do that, then uh, if you volunteer with us, then yes, you can mm. uh, reach out to people and connect.
0: Right, so so what would you say is the best way for a person to kind of get in contact with Mobility Matters? Would it be online? Is there like a phone number?
1: Well, they can give us a call. Uh, you can give me a call at 925 284 2215 or you can go to our website mobilitymatterscc.com so it's mobilitymatterscontracasa.com mm-hmm. so um they can go online they can call me uh, they, or they can email me david at mobilitymattercc.com.
0: okay uh well thank you so much for coming in today
1: well thank you very much for having me
0: that's it for today's episode of clocked in with the press what are your thoughts on the topic of the day? How have you seen mental or physical health and disability taken care of recently? And how do you think people can better support those with mental health struggles or physical and learning disabilities? Let us know on our Twitter or Instagram at Press Clocked In or on Facebook at ThePress.net. You can also stay updated on the latest East Contra Costa County news at www.thepress.net. There are a million people out there with a million stories, and I hope to cover them one episode at a time. I'm your host, Caitlin Gleason, Walking out.